Back to cereal bowls. Patrick, how are we doing today? Feeling pretty good. It's spooky season, y'all. Uh, Georgia's kicked some ass this weekend. Notre Dame, not so much. But I'm feeling great. Yeah, let's um, let's let's just start with that. Let's let's. I'll just rip the bandaid off myself early. Uh, Cincinnati twenty-four, Notre Dame thirteen. Ah, this was not great. Um, all of Notre Dame's issues that they'd shown the first four weeks of the season came to a head in this game. Sloppy play. Um, we had some drops. We had uh, the fumbled kickoff was particularly grating. Um, there was even a mix, a missed extra point that made it a four-point game um, instead of a three-point game. It didn't end up mattering because Cincinnati scored again, but it really could have had an effect uh, down the stretch. Uh, the constant indecision at who should be under center was really on display, and Notre Dame just could not move the ball. Yeah, uh, it seemed like nobody could get open on offense. Um, I think that is credited to Cincy playing exceptional on defense. Uh, like you said, there are bad drops, bad turnovers, bad play overall. That's going to result in a loss. But, I mean, this was coming for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, kind of right on the wall here. I didn't really understand what Brian Kelly was doing in terms of swapping out quarterbacks. Cause the, the, you know, I understand doing it when things are not going one way, but he was just, it was very random in, in middle of drives. He would swap out a quarterback, throw someone in there. Like w- there was no consistency. No one's able to get a rhythm going. So it was a little bit, I was confused in that aspect of the game. Yeah. It, it was c- completely bizarre. Um, Jack Cohn, I think, could have been the answer uh, behind a better offensive line, but he is a statue back there. He is absolutely a slab of granite. He is not moving at all, and their team does not have their traditional offensive line talent to block, especially, you know, and I know we're kind of focusing on Notre Dame here, and that is not to take away from their defense is very good. They have very good linemen. Their corners are excellent. And they really, really frustrated Notre Dame in a way that they have not been frustrated this year. Um, previously, Notre Dame could just kind of let their stars just take over games. Um, but Cincinnati did not allow that to happen. Yeah, uh, Cincinnati played exceptional. Um, their quarterback, Riddler, uh, was good in spots, not a full 60 minutes. That's how it's kind of been all year. Um, could they be the first G5 team to make the college football playoff? Uh, I was thinking about that. Um, they really need – so right now, every Cincinnati fan, every group of five fan should be um, by Notre Dame gear. Um, this win needs to stand up. Yeah, the Notre Dame cannot lose again or that will devalue the shit out of this win. Yeah, like absolute worst case for Cincinnati, Notre Dame goes 10-2. and two. That is it. Uh, yeah. And it's unfortunate, I know, I think, you know, I don't know if I said this on the show or just privately, um, normally I want the G5 team to win over the national power. Um, This was a little bit of an exception uh, as an Irish fan. However, I am pulling for Cincinnati the rest of the way. But unfortunately for them, they do not have the traditional conference kind of running mates to boost up the schedule. UCF is not good this year. Um, and that's a name brand at this point. Everyone knows UCF. Maybe you hate them. They are kind of annoying, but you do know who they are. Navy's awful this year. Um, 
they don't have Memphis on the schedule, but that was usually a consistent quality opponent in the conference championship game. And they don't have that right now. The only ranked team left on their schedule is SMU. And that is the next last week of the season. And SMU is only ranked 24th. So by the time they get there, they could be far out of the top 25. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely in the driver's seat to make them to the college football playoff. They can easily win out for sure. But I know for a fact the CFB committee is rooting for Notre Dame to lose one more time so they can wipe this team out of the playoff. Yeah, they are praying. I mean, they're going to put in a two-loss Oklahoma before they put in these guys. Yeah. Um, and it, another thing that sucks for Cincinnati is that Indiana has not been very good this year. Um, so really, because at preseason, if you look at the schedule, they had Indiana, they had Notre Dame, they had UCF. That was three top 25 teams on the slate, Indiana and Notre Dame are on the road, um, you know, and now Indiana's bad. Notre Dame is – they're all right. They're not great. They're they're not bad. Um, and UCF isn't what they should be. So it's a tough situation for Cincinnati. Luckily for them, we do have some chaos elsewhere that um, – that and the game we'll get to. Actually, you know, we'll, we'll switch up the order a little bit here. This is a huge game for Cincinnati. Stanford 31, Oregon 24 in overtime. Um, this really damages the Pac 12's chance of getting in the playoffs. Um, and I just have to say, what the fuck, Mario Cristobal? <laughs> um, yeah, Oregon's not going to make the playoff. I'm just going to say that now. Um, that offense is in shambles. Uh, Anthony Brown's not the answer. He looks shook. Uh, I mean, like. I think part of it was their offensive coordinator was out to the sickness. So yeah. sometimes that's a factor, but I mean, Anthony Brown couldn't hit anybody. And it, this offense is like a shell of an offense right now. It's missing wide receivers, tight ends. I mean, they were so quick to get off the field in the first half. They didn't deserve to win this game, in my opinion. No, they came storming back and they seem like they're in control but at the end of the game, they just let Stanford get back into it for some reason. It the, the they, last drive they had, right? There was two false starts and the incomplete pass was why you throwing when you're up. That yeah, that that part right there, that alone. The the, the penalties were absolutely brutal, um, and it's something Oregon really struggled with down the stretch here. But deciding to throw the ball when. It's different if you are uh, Ole Miss or, you know, Alabama and you think, hey, you know what? We've been throwing the ball really well all year. This makes sense. Uh, like you just said, Anthony Brown couldn't hit the broad side of a barn and we're trusting to put the ball in his hands. I mean, an incomplete pass was the best case scenario there. Uh, utterly, utterly bizarre play calling. Yeah. Um I will say the calls they were getting on that last drive for Stanford to tie it were a bit questionable. Um, the targeting I would have, I guess, would have been fine with because Thibodeau did kind of hit the head. Um, but they had like a bad rough in the passer call that, you know, was just weak. And then the last four plays was just Stanford throwing fade, fade, fade. And then finally the fourth one, they're like, you know what? Let's just call it defensive passing if yeah. and make this interesting. A call they weren't calling all game. It was just really inconsistent with how the flow of the game was going. Yeah. Absolute ref show in yeah. this like that was truly 
like this might have been just the perfect encapsulation of the Pac-12. The game looked terrible on TV. Um, the refs were awful, and their one chance to get in the playoff lost in week five. Um, this was, I mean, Oregon should have won this game um, for a multitude of reasons. This is just, it's a bad loss for the conference. Yeah. Bad loss for Oregon. And they, much like Cincinnati, run into the problem of you run down the schedule and they have no ranked opponents left. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's rough. Washington is awful this year. Like, honestly, their best hope to get another ranked win is probably Oregon State, which oh. is insane. Oregon State, 4-1, 2-0 in the conference. You know, that's great for Oregon State, but – uh, I know what Oregon State is and has been in their history, and counting on them to come to that game ranked um, is a is a big ask. Yeah, and I could see UCLA getting like a fuck you win uh, over Oregon just after you know this past weekend. Yeah. Um, so again, that does help Cincinnati. Um, that seems like another power conference might have eliminated themselves. Um, I think so, because, you know, if you're a top 10 team and you can't throw the ball downfield, that's a problem. Yeah. And the deficiencies were exposed, I think, this game. And hopefully we'll see if they can turn around, but it's not a good look here for the Duck program. Nope. Okay, and this was kind of the theme of the day. Um, We had three top 10 matchups, and Cincinnati Notre Dame was just kind of a slog of the game. Um, and then our two other ones did not turn out to be that good of a game uh, at all. Alabama 42, Ole Miss 21. Patrick, this is a bit of breaking news. Alabama is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, I was really, really hoping for Ole Miss to show up, you know, finally take down the Tide. And I personally think that Lane Kiffin was doing the right thing um, game plan wise. He was yeah. going for every fourth down in that first half. And that's, you know, because he knows if he's not converting that, Alabama's scoring on my ass. So yeah. I liked how he game planned for this game. It's just the execution of it was very not, it was poor. Yeah, absolutely. To beat Alabama, especially. Honestly, this is kind of ironic. The reason you have to do that against this Alabama team is because of Lane Kiffin bringing this modern offense to Alabama. Because before, Alabama was similar to sort of how Georgia is now. They were just going to sit on you. And they were very content to win 28 to nothing or 28 to three. But this Alabama team scores 60 points a game with these. You can't sit there and punt the ball away. I saw some criticism of that, which was an absolute joke. Um, now, some of the play calls on fourth down were a little questionable. Yeah. I think that was sort of where my bigger concern was. Because you, you go for it again, you're just supposed to go for it in that situation. It makes sense. But running out of shotgun didn't make much sense. Um, I just didn't love the play calls. Um Dude, like, why why are you not utilizing your Heisman favorite quarterback, Matt Corral, in those situations? Like, use his arm, right? Right, yeah. And Alabama obviously has great corners, but they're not so dominant that Ole Miss's receivers can 
you know, get some separation and try and make a play. I mean, hell, you saw that catch in the first quarter. Good Lord on the sideline. Yeah. But that was one of the best catches I've seen in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Reaching back, one-handed, and keeping the foot in. But that was about the highlight for Ole Miss in this game. Um, one thing I did think was interesting was I think Alabama was scared of their offense. Uh, yes. They really, really leaned on the ground game. 50 carries, 210 yards. Um, they really fed Brian Robertson Jr. And I, I think that's on purpose. They really try to dominate the clock and just not let that Ole Miss offense get going because, you know, they can score 14 points on you in 30 seconds. No problem. Absolutely. Um, I think – what do you think of Ole Miss moving forward? I think they're fine. Um I think this is kind of a reality check for them. Yeah. Uh, they, it, they sh- it was shown that their defense isn't quite there yet. They have good players, but it seems that they aren't really ready to keep up with the quality offenses yet. There's progress here. I mean, they, they were down 35-0 at one point, and the game finished 42-21, so they didn't roll over by any means. So I'm, I'm not too worried about Ole Miss going forward. Yeah, I think this was the, a situation of they didn't get the breaks and, you know, over three on fourth down. That's going to be the big story. Um, and Alabama is, of course, fucking Alabama. And they played a clean game, too. They didn't have bad penalties. They didn't have turnovers. It was basically, and Lane said it before the game, he said, we're going to need some breaks and we're going to need to play the best we've ever played. And, and that just didn't happen. Um, Alabama... Same old, same old. I, you know, absolute worst of the second best team in the country right now. Um, I don't think anyone left on the schedule can beat them. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, no, I mean, not until Atlanta. Anyway, um, you mentioned a reality check for Ole Miss. Another team that got a big reality check um, was Arkansas. 37-0 loss to the Dogs. Patrick, I will let you take this away. Yeah, uh, they called Arkansas the Kings of Texas. Uh, they're the gestures of Georgia. Let me tell you that. <laughs> um, Georgia's defense, uh, God damn. Um, let me just let me just read off the last uh, the drives for this game in Arkansas. First half was punt, punt, touchdown, missed field goal, punt, punt. Second half, punt, 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 punt. End of game, and. That has been relevant throughout every game, almost. Last week, too, with Vanderbilt, all punts and interceptions. Um, they kicked some ass, and it was awesome to watch. Yeah, uh, this game was over once Georgia scored their first touchdown. That yes. uh, about summed it up. I mean, they ate K.J. Jefferson up. They ate, uh, more importantly, I think, Arkansas's rushing attack up. Um KJ Jefferson had a long of 14 yards, and that was um, Arkansas's ground attack's biggest play of the day. Um, Georgia had four different guys carry for in the double digits, and they uh, all all had a touchdown or averaged over five yards to carry. Pretty good day for the dogs. Um, this was it got out of hand in a hurry. Yeah, I was uh, a little worried the pregame where they said Sesson Bennett was going to start because of JT Daniels' injury. 
Um, and he uh, handled their physical defense well. And by handled, I mean they didn't let him throw. 7 of 11 for 72 yards. Um, last week we talked about how Georgia's off-running uh, attack was a little questionable right now. They showed the hell up. Um, yeah. They ran it down their throats. They were beating them in the trenches. Um, they looked fantastic. And that's like every week I think something – I have a little bit of a question about Georgia's offense, and every week they answer it. Yeah. They – yeah. They, they're they chilling right now. Um, our first reader question comes from Tyler. He asks, is this the best dogs team under Kirby Smart? Uh, I will say that um, – this I think is kind of too early to tell, uh, but this defense has been so exceptional, and I say that because they really haven't played anyone except for Arkansas and Clemson. Yeah. Um, but you know how Clemson is now. Uh, they don't have like that guy on defense, like every awesome team has. Um, just everyone, none of the defensive players were viewed as day one prospects now. But you know, after this week, I think three or four of them our team NFL teams are going to be calling for him. I think give me like a week or two and I could say I can have a better idea of this being the best dog team ever. But I mean, the facts, there are a lot of stats here. I think uh, for how many points have been scored on them. Um, it's been like, I think 1937 is the last time that they've allowed 16 points total so far this year like that's a long time yeah uh they have not allowed an offensive touchdown no well uh south carolina scored on them on the second string okay okay but the the first the first all the you know the stars of play every down basically have not allowed a touchdown okay yeah because yeah okay great (laughs) i mean this yeah this defense is it's one of the best defenses of the modern era, I would think this harkens back to those, you know, kind of like I was saying about Kiffin, those Kirby smart defenses at Alabama um, when he was the coordinator over there. And I do think the defense is probably the best, but like you said, we need to see that offense really take off. And uh, I think a big part of that is JT Daniels health. Um, He has not, I don't think he was healthy for the Clemson game. Um, and he just hasn't really been asked to do much, I suppose. Um, but, he, he, you know, he's only made a few starts. Yeah. Um, they have a gauntlet of a stretch here uh, the next three weeks or four weeks of the bye coming up. Uh, they have Auburn, Kentucky, 4-0, um, or 5-0 now, uh, Florida, so they're playing rank. The next three opponents are ranked teams, and if they continue to put a wampin on all of these programs, I might think this is the best team that head Kirby's ever had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the other side, you know, this was obviously a tough loss for Arkansas. Um, can they dominate again? Can they get back to those wampin hogs, Kings of Texas? I think so. Um, I think they just they all you know they had a a gut check, a reality check of where they are. Um, but, I mean, they can still kick ass. Sam Pim is not going to, you know, just be the guy like, well, boy, we suck. Uh, yeah. they're, they'll be fine. They're, they're going to 
put a wampin on somebody else soon, and they're going to do it again. I mean, I don't think no one predicted them to have four wins so far this year. Definitely. This early on. So they'll, they'll be fine. They'll dominate again for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, we said it last week, Arkansas plays a style of football that is kind of unique in this day and age. Um, and I think that gives a lot of teams problems, but the worst possible matchup for them was Georgia. Um, so I don't think any team is really going to give them this many problems. So I, I still like Arkansas to win at least seven or eight games, I would think. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Um, our next game, staying in the SEC here, Auburn 24, LSU 19. Um, Coach O, it's not looking good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's taking responsibility. I'll give him that. Um, he's definitely in the hot seat. Yeah, it is. This is, and it's made worse by the fact that LSU is winning the entire game. Um, yeah. And then they, they blew it. Um, and they have some soul searching to do, that's for sure. Yeah, and this is a win they really need to have, I think, as a confidence boost um, heading in because you just mentioned George's gauntlet. LSU is very similar. We have Kentucky, we have Florida, and then they go to Ole Miss, they go to Alabama, and then they host Arkansas. Oh, God. That's brutal. And There's a real a real possibility they don't win any of those games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they're going to a Kentucky team that just beat Florida and plays great defense, something LSU struggles with. They can't – I mean, let's just put it out there. They can't score. No. They can't. They they can't finish drives. They can't win close win out close games. Their offensive line's a nightmare. Uh, I'm gonna be weird with you, Max Johnson. He's not good, I guess. I, well, he was 26 for 46, 325 yards, one touchdown, one pick. That's not great, man. No, um, it's not. But the the bigger concern for me is 26 carries, 11 yards. What what are we doing here? Yeah, what what you, LSU has the talent. That's what I don't get. They yeah. have the talent everywhere. It's just not clicking. And it's Coach O, I don't, I don't think he knows what he's doing right now. No, he needs Joe Brady. He needs some Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, Bo Nix, absolutely electric. He got benched, yeah. put back in, and then he made one of the craziest, one of those plays you go, no, 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 no. And then he somehow he threw a touchdown. Johnny Menzel, Baker Mayfield, Ian yes. Book. He, it's, it's that. I don't even think he's all that good. He's just electric. He's so exciting. Um, and that was probably one of the best quarterback plays so far this year. That, that, that I think he had that ball in his hand for like twenty seconds before he let it go, and he yeah. what like avoided four or five sacks. Yeah, that absolute sandlot play. Then delivers a dart for a touchdown. And that was to Tyler Fromm, Jake Fromm's little brother. That's fact. That's a fun little fun uh, yeah. right there. Yeah, it was truly – I was like, this is – that that play was insane. And that brought them back from their down 13-0, and it kind of looked like at that point that that might be it. Like, they were st- – they're looking – they couldn't get anything going on offense. LSU was rolling on, on – when they had the ball, Boutte had a big touchdown, and – you know, that was fourth down, and if LSU gets a stop there, I think the game is different. Yeah. But Bo Nix pulled a rabbit out of his hat, and he got the Tigers the win. 
This brings us to our next question from our friend Wes. He says, who, so we just ran through a lot of the SEC West right there. Who do you think the second best team is behind Alabama? In the SEC West? Yeah. Uh, man, probably Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think the question of who's uh, the bet, the better team and who's going to finish in second, I think are slightly different. I mean, Ole Miss doesn't have to play Georgia, I think is uh, that's a big one, um, unlike Auburn and Arkansas have to. Um, so, yeah, and, and that, like we said, we're still high on Ole Miss. I think I like Ole Miss to finish second as well, but I think Arkansas might be the second best team in the conference. I got you, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, if Auburn can score double digits against Georgia, that probably means they're a top five team in the country. So they won't. Yeah, perhaps not. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, something to watch. Um, Texas A&M, you're absolute frauds just to cover the rest of the division. PU. Oh, yeah, please. All right, moving over to the Big 12, Oklahoma State 24, Baylor 14. Oklahoma State, not bad. Not yeah, bad an, an, another uh, week of uh, Oklahoma State's defense stepping up. Um, I will – it's pretty good, right? Yeah, like no joke. Like, you know, they played Tulsa and Missouri State, and I was like, yeah – but I, you know, watching this game on Saturday, I was like, okay, these guys are, um, these guys are for real. This is a real defense, and I do think it's interesting that they're kind of flipping. When you think of Oklahoma State, you know, they you think of them scoring, you know, ninety points a game. Yes, and yes. they're kind of flipping that on on its head. You know, they held Jerry Bohannon to just one hundred seventy three yards, no scores for Baylor, um, less than four yards to carry. Yeah. So, Rushing um, they keyed in on that. They keyed on that run, and that uh, really kind of shook Baylor. Yeah, they, Baylor had one long play. If you so, Abrams spent ten carries, ninety-seven yards, but he had a fifty-five-yard touchdown. You knock that out, we're looking at another just more domination. You know, big plays happen, um, and you can't totally discount them. But uh, you know, Spencer Sanders again was not good. Yeah, he's yeah, not that great. Three picks, but it it just doesn't matter. And kind of I, as I was watching this game, I was thinking, generally, especially against Oklahoma, you can't play Oklahoma football and beat them. That's just not usually how it works. So I wonder with Oklahoma State kind of flipping the script and playing this like super good defense. It, maybe this is year they finally beat Oklahoma and Bedlam. Uh, that would be pretty good. I mean, there's uh, a great possibility that can happen. I think even if you get like a small uptick on offense with this team, they could easily do that. Yeah. Um, they are 12th best defense according to SP+, which is, as we covered before, and basically an efficiency and explosive uh, rating, how many yards per play you have, how many big like that. Um and it does just make you wonder, um, especially given Oklahoma struggles this year. So you, you have to think, you know, Oklahoma State is solidly the second best team in the Big 12, maybe third best team at worst. Yep. Um, um, again, quickly, uh, yeah. I th- uh, on the other side of this, you know, Baylor punted on their first eight possessions of this game. 
Yeah. Um, I do think there's a lot left for the Bears here the rest of the season. That they did have their chances, they couldn't capitalize. Um, I think they're going to be fine going forward. I think this was kind of a sloppy game for them, and they couldn't really get that diversity on offense. Uh, they were just too shook getting shut down on the run, which is what they – I think Baylor's like one of the top three rushing attacks in the country right now. Yeah. So with that being like eliminated, it kind of took them out of the game. Yeah. So, so something to monitor. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Oklahoma State. Um, Spencer Sanders needs to clean up those picks, though. Yeah. Um, now to the Big Ten. This is, we can take this sort of quickly here. Michigan 38, Wisconsin 17. I guess my big question here is, is Michigan for real? Uh, I guess. I guess we're going to keep asking this every week until they lose so we can go. They're not back. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a great one on the road. Uh, I think I talked about last week how it was kind of concerning how there's no variety on this offense because they usually run the ball like over 70% of the time. Yeah. But this week they – uh, it was 60-40 on offense. They let um, their quarterback, Cade McNamara, throw it 25, 25 times. So that was different. Yeah. But um, 200 yards passing. Yeah. Not too shabby. Uh, yeah. My question, I mean, you bring up a good point um, that they just haven't had to, I guess, is the thing. I would like to see them have to throw. Yeah. Like they just run the hell out of the ball. They O-line is great at protecting the quarterback. Cade McNamara has not taken a sack this year. Ugh. And J.J. McCarthy, the backup, has taken one. Mm-hmm. So they, they've allowed – so the O-line has allowed one sack this year. Um, really want to see him in a tough game and just see – because, you know, yeah, like I said, they just haven't had to, to do anything yet. So I, I'm interested in that. Uh, else from the Big Ten quickly, Penn State 24, Indiana 0. Uh, Indiana's bad. Yeah, um, they have not been good since they lost to Ohio State last year. Uh, Penix has been hurt. He's hurt again. Um, He gave the ball in key spots. They don't look good. That Indiana football we all kind of grew in love last season is long gone. Yep, they they stink. Speaking of stinking, Iowa 51, Maryland 14. This game was a car crash. Tough one for the Terps. It started out. After the first quarter, it was seven to three Maryland, and I said, "Oh boy, we got a top five team on the road in a tough one." It was thirty-one zero in the second quarter. So yeah, it's kind of amazing Iowa scores thirty-four points and a half with how bad their offense is. Yeah, that, but I think that kind of goes to uh, to Aaliyah throwing like three picks and eight throws. Yeah, they they were not good interceptions either, and then Dante Demas knee. Truly exploded. grotesque knee injuries I've seen. And Thank you, uh, Fox Sports, for showing us all the angles of that. Yeah, he fumbled, so they were like, we got to keep showing this. And it's like, do you? <laughs> it was... Please stop. Yeah. That, My that children one, are cool. watching. A little tough. Iowa, very good. Maryland, you know, bad game. Uh, Big 12, Oklahoma 37, Kansas State 31. They struggled a little bit, but they, they, they put them away. And I think what's most encouraging to me is that Oklahoma scored 37 points. Yeah, uh, this game is not as close as it seems. Kansas State scored a uh, late kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, I think the key thing here is Rattler looked more comfortable. Uh, they were controlling the ball very well. Uh, we're not 
this Oklahoma offense is not going to be that explosive offense we always like to see, but they're very efficient in doing, and they're balanced, which is which is they control the ball well, which is good, which is perfectly fine for a team like this. Yeah, Texas thirty-two, TCU twenty-seven. Um, at the risk of sounding like a fool, Texas is pretty good. Yeah, I think I think the, uh, I'm not really in on their defense. It's kind of soft, um, but I mean, watching Bajan Robinson run, man, that is. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, and then the game of the week, Vandy 38, UConn, or Vandy 20, or thir- good Lord. Vandy 30, UConn 28. Oh, boy, dude. This, this game was picked to be one of the ugliest games so far this season, and boy, did it deliver. Yeah, this game was absolutely brutal. Um, it was – UConn used three different quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. It it was it was very fun to watch because it's two teams that have no idea how to win with an opponent that was just as lost as they are. Yeah. Um, like I think uh, Vanderbilt was up with five minutes left. They let UConn score two touchdowns. Then they were down twenty eight twenty seven. Then they kick a game winning field goal and celebrate on by running on the field in true sicko fashion. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, you know, it is easy to forget sometimes that these are kids yeah and it's not fun i don't know if you were ever on a like a truly bad sports team growing up patrick oh yeah i was Mm -hmm. it's it's not fun to lose all the time yeah especially you know you're just on like a bad rec league baseball team no one really sees it but here you just have hundreds of thousands of people who are aware of how bad you are so it, it is nice to see those kids get a win uh, and you got to feel for UConn. Um, that's – how do they recruit anyone there? That's 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 tough. It's tough. Um, one of my favorite things from this game that I saw uh, – I was at a wedding. I unfortunately couldn't watch much of this game. But I saw a funny highlight of Vanderbilt's down at the beginning of the game, 6-0. And they scored that touchdown to take the lead. And their, like, flag cheer guy went rogue and just – like right when they're lining up to kick the extra point, he just sprints past the a field goal post, like blocking it. <laughs> like if he if he was like three seconds late later than that, that would have blocked the extra point. That would have been incredible. And <laughs> yeah. Probably would have fit beautifully in with this game. Oh yeah, I would have been just like the cherry on top right there. Yeah. All right, let's move to some segments. We'll start with everyone's favorite studs and duds. Patrick, who is your dud this week? Anthony Brown, quarterback from Oregon, uh, 14-26, 186 yards, one pick. P.U., dude, you're the quarterback for a top-five program. Get out of here. Yeah, that is um, extremely fair. Um, he he's got, and, and he was so good against Ohio State in making the right reads on the RPOs and delivering when he had to, and he just looked completely lost out there. Um, not great. My – my dud is Talia Tagovailoa from Maryland. Um, he was getting some NFL draft buzz heading into this game, some All-American buzz, Dark Horse Heisman, and he proceeded to throw five interceptions. Yeah, that'll do it. And when your average yards per completion is 5.4, that's, uh, that's not great. 157 yeah. yards, bad. He was, and it wasn't even like Iowa was pressuring him, his hand got hit. Um, the ball was tipped or whatever. Like he was throwing bad interceptions. Not great. Now on the other side, my stud, 
we touched on him and touched on him briefly. Bijan Robinson from Texas, 35 carries, 216 yards, two touchdowns, and 22 yards receiving to boot. Um, he is an absolute stud, true sophomore. He will be in the NFL before long. Oh yeah, he he was. Um, he's so fun to watch. I'm I'm excited for him going forward. Um, I also have a running back that looked incredible last weekend. Um, BYU's running back Tyler Algier, uh, mm. 22 carries, 218 yards, three touchdowns, and 22 yards catching for three catches. Uh, he looked unstoppable Saturday night. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's definitely someone to watch this weekend against Boise. Yep. Uh, now on to our frauds. I'll open us up. UCLA, you absolute bums. We, yeah, their moment in the sun's over. We trusted you. We were so excited. We said chipped out of rolling. Uh, you know, I can excuse a loss to Fresno State. That's a good team. It was kind of a wacky game. Um, they got their doors blown off by Arizona State. Yeah, they got shut out in the second half, and that's not good. Nope. That's Chip Kelly couldn't figure out how to adjust to Arizona State's halftime adjustments, and it seemed like he didn't get like didn't have any adjustments either. It's just never a good look. Nope. Um, so that ends UCLA's chances to make some real noise. Maybe they had an outside chance at a Rose Bowl. Uh, don't think so anymore. Yeah. Um, also, a team that has suffered uh, another loss for my far of the week is Florida. Uh, boy, howdy, this was a sloppy game. Yeah. Uh, I think trying to win a game with your quarterback, Emory Jones, throwing the ball as well as running the ball, show that does not work well against a good defense. Yeah, that was – and like Granite, Kentucky got a little lucky blocking a field goal and taking it all the way back. But you got to be able to score more than 13 points. Yeah. Uh, it's it, uh, – for a little bit there, I thought it looked like Dan Mullen kind of turned around on offense, but it just seems like he doesn't really have it yet. No, and we were heaping praise on Emory Jones just last week, I, I, I think. And yeah. Whoops. That's the old Serial Bowls curse right there. Mm. Um, all right. On to our, our week six preview. Um, you know, I, I was mapping out the games uh they really don't have much of a late night sicko slate this week, which which I found interesting. Um, the games in the evening are not that good either. I feel like football is kind of subconsciously getting out of the way for the baseball playoffs. Maybe. I, 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 boo, I, boo. However, we've got some very good games in the noon slot, in the three thirty slot, um, and it is a double SEC on CBS week, so you will get the music for six straight hours, seven oh, straight. Yeah. We love to see it opening up. This is the big one. Um, we have got Penn state at Iowa. Number four, Penn state is at number three, Iowa four o'clock Fox. You know, this game is going to end under the lights. This is old school football, baby. Yeah. This could be the game of the year in the big 10. Um, both these teams have rolled over their competition so far this year. Uh, you know, you have on one side, Iowa's a turnover machine, top 10 defense. And on the other side, Penn State is one of the best well-balanced programs in the NCAA. So I, I really hope Gus Johnson's on this call. He probably is. He's probably going to be in the uh, Oklahoma-Texas game. But, uh, that man. One, that one's on ABC. Um, so 
I don't know if he'll be getting the Ohio State Maryland game. I hope not. That would be wasting him. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I need Gushan. I literally have that in my notes too. And he needs to be there yelping and screaming about every four yard carry. I gotta have it. Yeah. Um. This is gonna be an absolute bar fight. I you know I. Yeah, I mean, Penn State's won the last three in Kinnick Stadium. And the last two have been very close, like firework ending. So I think it's gonna it's gonna be just a like you said a brutal bar fight. It's gonna be you're not gonna want to take your eyes off of it. No, the over under is forty and a half. So this is gonna be some old school ball. Uh, and I think this could be our first chance. I don't know if Iowa has some sort of like magic voodoo power where every team they play has to have four or five brutal turnovers. Um, I think if Penn State just doesn't turn the ball over, they don't even have to be that good on offense. That's really going to put Iowa in an unfamiliar situation. Yeah. Uh, we got to pray to God Sean Cliver doesn't show up in his 2020 self and just absolutely shit the bed. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, Iowa has been so good at it throughout the year that I just kind of assume that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I, it, he's it gonna, easily. Like, you know, like Space Jam. He's going to touch a, a cursed football and lose his powers. Um, <laughs> who, who are you taking in this game? Uh man i like both these teams a lot um me too i'm gonna go with penn state i'm just gonna go with a well-balanced team over the uh top defensive team um but i could easily see you going the other way but i'm gonna go with penn state yeah i I think i am too for similar reasons i just trust sean clifford more than i trust spencer petrus yeah um that basically all it comes down to um to lead you into this game, Oklahoma, Texas, noon, ABC, the Red River. What's it? The Red, you're not supposed to call it the Red River shootout anymore, but I'm going to. Um, for me, the key in this game is B. John Robinson. He, yeah. He has found at least, I mean, his worst game this season was, and he still finished with 70 yards and touchdown. Yeah. Um, th- I think the Sooners have the number seven run defense in the country, and I don't think that matters. No. So Bijan Robinson, he will run it on you. Um, Oklahoma is 0-4 against the spread against FBS teams, and Texas averages about 44 points a game. So I think this is going to be another – if Rattler shows up, this could be another barn like last year's triple overtime, 53-45 yeah. barn burner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm very interested in this game. It, I think a lot of it also comes down to Casey Thompson for the Longhorns. Because you know Oklahoma is going to be keen on B. John Robinson, eight guys in the box, um, you know, just kind of letting the receivers off the hook a little bit in terms of coverage. So Casey Thompson needs to take advantage of that. He needs to be making those throws um, that is exploiting, you know, Oklahoma putting eight men in the box. Because yeah. if you can't make the throws, then they're just going to, you know, continue to stack the box, and that's going to be it for the Horns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big spot for him, this is a huge game. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think this is – I think Oklahoma is just going to do what Oklahoma does. So I think this is really just going to come down to what Texas can do. Um, and if they win this game, maybe they'll be back, folks. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm taking Oklahoma in this spot. Um, if they do shut down Bajon Robinson, I'm not really confident in their outside options on a wide receiver for Texas. Um, and Casey Thompson's. I'm not really got a fix on him yet. And I think Oklahoma has more confident choices offensively that I think will lead them to a win. Yeah, 
also at noon on ESPN, two teams we covered earlier coming off two very tough losses. Arkansas is at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a six-point favorite, and this is maybe the most hilarious style matchup possible. Yeah. um, (laughs) Both these teams are going to be vying to not drop two straight. And uh, Sam Pittman's going to really want to beat that ass. And Ole Miss is really want to drop 50 on their ass. So it's going to be really fun to see how this one out. Yeah, it's going to really come down to who is going to – whose game is this going to be? Is this going to be a low-scoring Arkansas game? Or is this going to be an Ole Miss-style track meet? Um Ole Miss is score susceptible to that ball control. That's what Alabama tried to do this weekend. Um, but I guess my question is, is Arkansas's defense good enough to shut down Corral simultaneously? Because oh. sure, you, you hold the ball for eight minutes, but if Ole Miss gets the ball back and scores in 90 seconds, and what was that for? Um, let me just say uh... – Arkansas has probably one is probably one of the best defenses right now statistically against the pass. And I don't know if you remember last year's matchup between these two teams where Matt Corral threw six picks. <laughs> so either Matt Corral's gonna want a revenge game or it could be more the same. Yeah. Uh who do you, who do you like in this game? Um it's a tough one. I think I'm gonna take all miss. Um I think yeah. Arkansas is kind of coming down. They're going to the downswing of that roller coaster. Uh, I'm going to take Lane. He's not going to be a guy who just lets two in a row happen like that. So I'm going to take Ole Miss. Yeah, and and again, I, I think this is. I mean, they everyone was real charged up for that Alabama game. Yeah. Maybe too charged up. I I think this game a little the the heat is down a little bit. They'll be a little more focused. Mm-hmm. Um. Elsewhere in the SEC, 3.30, CBS, Georgia travels to Auburn. Uh, Patrick, I don't think Bo Nix is going to be having as much fun out there as he did on Saturday. Nope. Take that, take that two-touchdown spread. There, as, it ain't going to happen. Um, Georgia's heavily favored on the road. I mean, that says it all right there. Uh, Bo Nix, I still think, is a fraud. Cool. I mean, he had that one sick touchdown pass last week. Sick, dude. Um, you've sucked ever since then. So I think it's gonna get gobbled up by the best defense in the country. Yeah, I just I just don't see Auburn scoring enough. Like I, you know, Auburn's got a good defense too. Um, yeah, they can give the dogs some problems for sure. But yeah, I just don't. Even if even if JT Daniels can't go, and as of this recording on Tuesday night, he was working some in practice today. So it seems like it'll be sort of come down to the wire, game time decision. But even if it's Stetson Bennett back there, if he's heading off to that four or five headed monster in the backfield. Yeah, just keep running like, it. Run it back. Yeah, so I, I like the dogs here. Maybe Auburn can cover if that defense is as good as we think. But I think this is a game Georgia might just win 13 to nothing and be fine with it. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Elsewhere, 330, ABC, Boise State is at BYU. Um, I'm just sort of touching on this one quickly. BYU's in the top ten. Yeah, it's uh, that's I kind of surprised by that. They kind of crept up on me. Uh, when BYU is good, it's fun. Um, yeah. Boise State's looking for their first quality win. I don't think they're gonna get it here. Yeah. Uh, this they is have, not 
this is not the Boise State of legend. Yeah, they have a really big problem about finishing a game and look flat in the second half. Um, and BYU's been firing on all cylinders, man. I mean, they had a season high 468 yards last week. Their running back played well with Tyler Azier. Um, and they routed them. They routed Boise State last year, 51-17. Yeah, which is why it's sort of surprising to me. They are in Provo. And they're only five point favorites. Yeah, this this could be one of those situations where Vegas knows something. Yeah. I think if uh, uh, I think is Jaron Hall their quarterback. I think if he comes back healthy this weekend, that points could go up. Yeah, yeah. That, I just found that interesting. And like we said, that Auburn Georgia game might get ugly quickly. So it's good to have other options. Um, Elsewhere, if you're a bit of a sicko, Way Forest travels to Syracuse, 330 ESPN2. That's more just something to keep in your back pocket if the uh, Penn State-Iowa bar fight or in the Georgia-Auburn game aren't quite what you're looking for. Right. Uh, at night, uh, the second – oh, no. So we're going to go to the Big Ten first. Uh, Michigan is at Nebraska. This is another game where the point spread is only three, which has me a little intrigued here. Uh, Nebraska's defense is pretty good. I looked at their per like their per game and their per carry average on rushing defense, and it wasn't as stunning as I thought it would be given the spread. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm just interested in why this game seems so tight. Uh, well, the Huskers held Northwestern at 37 yards last week on the ground, um, and I think this could bode well for a competent defense going into arguably the best rushing tech in the Big Ten. Um, I think this is a trap game for the Wolverines because of that defense and also Nebraska's right behind them on the top rushing attacks in the Big Ten. Uh, but, you know, we love to see Michigan being in the top ten for the first time in 2019. But I think I'm going to stick with Michigan Wolverines here. Um, I feel bad for Scott Frost now, but I just don't see them winning this game. Yeah, they – I mean, it seems that they got a lot of frustration out last week against Northwestern. They beat the holy hell out of them. (laughs) Yeah. Scott Frost said, I've had enough of you nerds. Um, Yeah, I like Michigan here too. Um, I just think they have a little too much talent, and I think they're playing with um, a little bit of extra hunger this year that I just don't think Nebraska will be able to match. Um, Boy. Eight o'clock CBS. This is your double dose of the SEC. Alabama travels to Texas A&M. Uh, let me just tell you right now. Woo! Uh, the spread on this game is 17 and a half. Bet your car. Texas A&M sucks. This is going yeah. to be an absolute murder. Zach Calzada cannot play. No. Uh, free for all in the SEC West. This was supposed to be Bama's biggest game this year. At the start of the year, right, this is the yeah. game that everyone circled for Alabama, Texas A&M. No, no, no. This, this is just – this is nothing to them. The Jim Jimbo Fish is going to have his first three-game losing streak for A&M. Um, yeah, I'm Alabama by 25 I just at don't, least. I just don't even think there's a way A&M is even close. They even cover. Like uh, – Alabama, just, I was like, maybe they have a game they're looking ahead to next week. It's Mississippi State, and then it's Tennessee. Nope. Yeah. Uh, uh, they're not going to – A&M is not going to catch Alabama slipping here. 
No, there's just absolutely no way. Um, A&M, I mean, but I'm pulling up Calzada's stats right now. 53.9% completion, 5.8 yards per attempt, five touchdowns, four picks, 10 sacks. What is Alabama going to do to this kid? Um, End him. Yeah. So that's just a little hot tip from the boys. Alabama's going to fucking kill them. Um, I probably, I mean, luckily, quote unquote, for me, it'll be uh, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech at the same time, which is going to be a disgusting rock fight in and of itself um, that I will be sort of focusing on. So I won't have to watch this murder. Um, But for you people who don't want to watch that absolute crap fest, you might be stuck with Alabama A&M. Yeah. All right, let's move on to listener questions. Staying in the SEC from our friend Nick, with Hinton Hooker under center for Tennessee, are the Vols a good team, or was last week's blowout of Missouri a fluke? Um, I mean, that was a truly a display. I, man, I did not see Tennessee being able to drop that many points and win by that much this yeah. year. Um, bad they got the D line coach fired. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, they they're they're three and two right now. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. I there can be three wins here, um, but I don't think they're going to make the bowl. I don't think they're going to become bowl eligible this year. I think South Carolina is going to beat them. I think they'll probably beat Vandy and South Alabama is a team that you would probably look away from, but they currently have like a very good defense. Yeah. 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 The the second part of this question is, can they become bowl eligible? Um, I'm kind of with you. Yeah. They do have to pull three wins out of South Carolina, Ole Miss, Alabama, Kentucky, Georgia, South Alabama, Vandy. Vandy. Yes. That team's awful. Um, But yeah, they could lose every other game. Maybe not South Alabama. We'll give them South Alabama, but you never know with Tennessee. You never yeah. know. I kind of think they could beat Kentucky. Yeah, I feel happen. like Kentucky might just if I mean this is a huge if, of course, given Kentucky's defense. I just think if Tennessee scores 21, 24 points, that might be enough to beat Kentucky. Um, getting to those twenty one, twenty four points is an issue, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what's worse, the ACC in general or the NFL in London? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to go ACC in general uh, just because sometimes I really like, you know, staying up late for that late night Pac-12 or Hawaii game and then going to bed, getting a uh, quality five hours of sleep because of the true sicko I am turning the TV back on and there's a London game happening. Yeah. Whereas the ACC, I don't really care for any of the teams right now. I don't want to really watch any ACC games. Yeah. I, I, I have to agree. Generally, I don't like when the London games happens the same time as the other games. That's just, that's just not right. But yeah, like you said, I, I mean, this week's game is the Falcons versus the fucking Jets. Oh I'm God. Awful. Like in a vacuum or in just in this scenario, I think that might be worse. That I think you're right. I had no idea that was a matchup this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think in general, the NFL in London isn't bad because you do get that bonus 930 game. Yes. 
But Jets Falcons, that's that's a war crime. No, thank you. Staying in the ACC, uh, that question was from West, by the way. This question is from our friend Michael. He says, "Is Wake Forest for real?" Uh, short answer: They are not. Oof. Um, they are a team that is just there. They're here. They're five and zero. Wow, look at us. We're ranked nineteen. Let's check. Let's just take a quick check of who they've beaten so far this year. Uh, Old Dominion University, Norfolk State, Florida State, UVA, Louisville. Uh, they could easily continue this one streak to three because they have what Syracuse, Army, Duke. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can have a very reputable season. I just don't think they're that great. Yeah, and the yeah, I mean, their best one is Louisville. And yes. By three, yeah. I, I, honestly, coming up, their best win, their best potential win is probably Army. Yeah, easy. Um, and then to close the year out, we've got NC State, Clemson, Boston College. That's who we're going to find out who Wake really is. Yeah. If 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 they get to that point, you know, they're eight and zero, nine and zero. Yeah, they just they we you know looking at the advanced staff, they just don't do anything great. They don't do anything bad. But they don't do anything great. Yeah, they're they're about middle of the pack and everything. Like we're passing yards per game, rushing yards per game, points for, points against. They're just there. Yeah, and the rest of the ACC to to Wes's question is so bad this year that they just look so good. Yes, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with being a above average football team. That's very nice, especially at a school like Wake Forest, where it doesn't exactly happen all the time. This is fun. If you're if you're a Demon Deacons fan, you know all seven teams. You you're probably having the time of your life. Oh yeah, you're enjoying a great time. Uh, our final question is from actually the only Demon Deacon I've ever met, um, Mason. She asks, "What is your favorite Halloween candy?" Man, uh, apparently there's a right answer. Let me tell you what. I had a tough time deciding what my favorite Halloween candy is. Personally, I'm going to go with the uh, Reese's Cup pumpkin. That is a top – that's probably my top one. Kit Kat's a close second. Yeah, for me, it's got to be Reese's no matter – I growing up, I always I – sort of like the little individually wrapped ones in the gold. That's that's a classic. Have a oh, couple a of those. One. And then you have – there's the individual cup, normal sized. I mean, the pumpkin is delightful. The peanut butter chocolate ratio can't be beat. But I'll be honest, that, that was not a common Halloween um, get in Rockbridge County. I did get a lot of the other Reese's, though. And so, and that's just the best candies. So. What, what, is, what is the common candy get in Rockbridge County uh, on Halloween? Gosh, you know. Please say meth. <laughs> it was a lot of those, like, bullshit, like, four square Hershey bars. Awful. Oh, yeah. Yep, Don't yep. want let me just say for the record too, candy corn sucks. That's all. We can end right there. <laughs> that I think candy corn's okay, but um I understand people have have, have hot feelings on it. What oh, is yeah. what is candy corn? Yeah. Is it's, it just like pressed sugar? It, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just basically sugar. Why is it so waxy? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. That's it's basically it's, a candle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it. Um, Enjoy the games this weekend. We will see everyone next week.